All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Elizabeth. I'm an alcoholic. And we're going to start. Um, I'm going to start with the big book. We're going to take a look at page 76. Page what? 76. I'm actually going to jump around, Gwen. So, <laughs> okay. So, all right, here we go. Let's see. Um, okay. So, we are now at that point where we're making a list, right? We're making a list of all the persons we had harmed and who we we're uh, willing to make amends to. Where does our list come from, right? So, this step. We just came from an action step, right? We, we, the, the steps kind of weave like an inward bound and outward expression. So on step six, we went inside and asking ourselves, are we entirely ready? Step seven, we're saying the prayer. And now step eight, this is a preparation step. Okay, step nine is an execution step. It's an action step. We're getting out into the world. But step eight is a preparation step. So this is another opportunity for me to go within. And in the big book, they weave eight and nine together. Next week, we're going to talk about the types of amends. And we're going to go through specifically all those chunks that they have, the different topics of types of amends. But for today, we're going to stay focused on preparation. So the first thing that we can do is we could get some real clear direction in the big book. Uh, there's two really important prayers. You know, how do we prepare for something, right? If I'm going on a trip, <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm going on a trip and I'm going to pack in preparation for the trip, I have to think about What's the weather going to be like? Where am I going to be? What and why am I doing that? Well, I don't want to show up in New York City in January with shorts and T-shirts. I want to be prepared so that my experience, my relationship to where I am is got some harmony, right? It's got some harmony. I want to give it a chance. And so step eight is this opportunity where I get to go into my quiet time, my morning time, go within and ask my creator, this creator that I've been beginning to develop a relationship with, right? Back at step two and three, we began to come to believe that there's something greater than our mind. And so I'm now hopefully communing with this something greater, right? Hopefully I have that meditation practice where I'm sitting in that quiet. So there's two prayers in the big book, page 79. <clears throat> Top of page 79, it says, we're going to give you some general principles that are guiding as we move forward. Reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, right? We are going to any lengths, not for victory over alcohol, for a spiritual experience. Now, a spiritual experience 
without using alcohol <laughs> or food or or control or whatever else is our you know um, the thing we're using today. And then there's the prayer. We ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing. So that's one prayer I bring into my morning routine. And then on page 83, I get the other prayer. Top of page 83, first paragraph, last sentence, asking each morning. So it's telling me that this is going to be a process, right? This repair process is going to take time. And so as I clean house, as I move through, what am I doing each morning? I'm in meditation, right? And each morning in meditation, uh, I'm asking that my creator show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love, kindliness and love. Okay. So those are two prayers that I bring in to this preparation step. The rest of that we're going to cover next week when we look at nine. For now, we're going to go to the 12 and 12, and we're going to open up to page 77. Now, we get our list of people from our fourth step, right? We have a resentment inventory. We have a sex inventory. We have a fears inventory. And then some people call it sex other than harms. Some people put that together. So we've got a nice list of people. So in step eight, all I have to do is write number one at the top of the page and write down all those people, institutions, and I've got my list. So it's pretty simple. Um, the part that takes the preparation is getting clear on what my harms are, right? And that's what it talks about in, well, it talks about many things in, in the 12 and 12, but we're going to go through that. The first thing I want to talk about is um, the obstacles that are going to get in our way. Like what's going to keep me from taking this list of all these broken relationships into my prayer and meditation time in the morning. Like what's gonna keep me from it? Because I don't know about you, but I definitely <laughs> wasn't wasn't real excited about, wait a minute, I have to bring this in. My prayer and meditation time is supposed to be like a stairway going up to heaven and I'm supposed to feel good. And you want me to take the stairway going down into the basement. I don't wanna do that, right? Um, so what keeps us? Top of page 78. It tells us that the first obstacle is our inability to forgive. Okay. It says these obstacles, however, are very real. So we're going to be stopped by the obstacles. That's what it's letting us know. And it's saying that the first and most difficult has to do with forgiveness. The moment we ponder, it's because it's asking us to ponder, right? How do I want to relate going forward? to myself and other people. So we ponder a twisted or broken relationship with another person. Our emotions go on the defensive. Now, this is a really good thing in meditation because in meditation, we're sitting there and we're, we're choosing a focal point. Maybe it's the breath. We'll go with that for this example. Let's say my focus is the breath and I have my list right here with my you know spiritual books that I'm looking at in the morning. and. I look at 
the people on the list, or maybe I just take the first person and it brings up some emotion. You know, this is the heat. This is the beautiful thing about being able to still my mind and be still in meditation. I get to sit there and as the old idea, the old thoughts, the memories, the emotions come up, I, I get to come back to my focal point, which is the practice of meditation, right? So I come back to my breath, not saying I don't feel the emotion, right? Because that's part of the healing. Like I many times sit and just <laughs> cry in meditation. Emotion comes. It's these, um, Michael Singer talks about these emotional, you know, uh, some scars, which are from the yogic tradition. And basically it's like these wounds that get caught in the body. And so if I'm breathing and I've got a timer set because that's the way that I found most useful to do meditation. I've got that timer set. So I don't even have to mind the time. I don't have to think about the time because the time's just going to ding when it's done. My only purpose is to ponder this warped, distorted experience that I had in the past, right? It comes and then release it. It comes and then release it. And then those two prayers that that I mentioned, you can also use those as an anchor, right? Coming back to those prayers. God, please show me what you would have me see. Grant me the power to see the truth. You know, whatever comes, um, you know, you've got your own GPS system. You've got your own internal wisdom guidance. And that's what that's what moves us through this stuff. And I remember, you know, sitting in this step with certain amends and my sponsor just saying, bring it to God, bring it to God. And, and, and. There were a couple in particular that I was really, really terrified to do. But what happened over time was I would bring it back into my prayer and meditation. And then throughout my day, suddenly I'd get this intuitive thought, like one particular I'm thinking about that I was terrified to do. I could, I didn't know where they were. I couldn't find them. So I would get this thought, like search um, you know, Google them. And then I was searching through white pages and yellow pages because they had, these people had since left this particular establishment where they worked. Um, and so I didn't know if I was supposed to make a direct amends with these people, the consequences of making a direct amends to this particular group of people I don't know how it would have ended if I ever made a face-to-face -face with them, but I kept bringing it back to God. I kept be, being willing to ponder this idea that if it's your will, I don't know. And then I'd go to my sponsor and be like, well, I, I haven't found them. And I've tried this, this, and this. And she would say, well, just bring it back to God. <laughs> go, you know, bring me back to prayer and meditation. So, you know, this is what the, the 12 and 12 is really asking us to do. Ponder the twisted or broken relationship with it, um, with another person. Our emotions definitely go on the defensive. We can expect that, you know, that we're not doing anything wrong. If our emotions are like, oh, blah, blah, blah. 
that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, at least it was for me. To escape looking at the wrongs we have done, we res uh, res resentfully focus on the wrongs they have done. This is, and that's just justifying, and that's another obstacle we'll get to in a few minutes. This is especially true if he has, in fact, done something to us, right? So it tells us that right here, as soon as those thoughts start justifying, explaining, excusing, we got to fetch ourselves up sharply. I love that image. Fetch yourself up sharply. It doesn't make much sense to when a real toss pot calls a kettle black. So we keep the focus on ourselves. If we are now um, about to ask forgiveness for ourselves, why shouldn't we start out by forgiving them one and all? And that's that last sentence of those two paragraphs on page 78. So we're talking about forgiveness, forgiving ourselves. And if we don't do that, we can't do that for anybody else. Um, and then the second thing that is an obstacle is the face-to-face. -face. We get really, I know for me, I had a lot of fear around doing face-to-face -face amends. Um, even writing letters. I, I remember one person wouldn't see me face-to-face -face and I did after the third try, my sponsor said, well, it tells us we could write a letter. And so I wrote a letter. But even then it was just like, oh, the admission of what I'd done. Um, so we have to watch out the fear um, from keeping us not only from doing it, but also keeping us from putting it on our list, right? Because my mind is really good at justifying, rationalizing and thinking, well, it wasn't really that bad. I didn't really harm them that much. And so um, that leads us to the third obstacle, which is on page 79. Um, and it's that uh, it's excuses. You know, some of us though tripped over a very different snag. We clung to the claim that when drinking, we never hurt anybody, right? So we're justifying, well, it wasn't really that bad and da da da, da. Um, And I only, you know, hurt my spouse and my kids or the people closest to me. Like we're just asleep to how the ripple effect, right? We talked about that last week. The ripple effect goes, our actions, my behavior goes out into the world. And so it gives us a direction. It says this attitude, of course, is the end result of purposeful forgetting, right? It's an attitude which can only be changed by a deep and honest search of our motives and actions. And that is what we're doing in that preparation, right? We're jotting down, we're getting down to the deep and the honest which can only be found inside of us. Like I so desperately wanted a sponsor to just tell me what to do. Just write my script for me. I, when I went through the ninth, the eighth step, I was given a script and it was a very, I'm very grateful for the script. It's not in the big book, but for me, it helped me tremendously. And the script was, you know, we opened up, like she literally even gave me like, when you call the person, the objective is to get a time and place to meet them. And so it was very clear direction. But in the script, it was, I was blank when I blank. And the first blank was my defect. And sometimes it was, I was blank and blank and blank and blank. <laughs> I was disrespectful, inconsiderate and dishonest when I stole that money from your wallet. Um, and for me, that was really helpful because, and we'll talk, I'll talk more about that next week, but it kept me from going 
into this third obstacle, which is excuses, justification. The bottom of page 79, it says, in many instances, we shall find that though the harm done others has not been great, the emotional harm we have done ourselves has very deep, sometimes quite forgotten, damaging emotional conflicts persist below the level of consciousness. At the time of these occurrences, they may actually have given our emotions violent twists, which have since discolored our personality and altered our lives for the worse. And, you know, that's something that is, I couldn't see for a long time. Um, however, I finally got to the place where I became willing to do a fourth step on myself. And that was really helpful to see um, what came out of that because it's it's like that paragraph just talked about, you know, that everything stems from how am I relating to myself? How am I talking to myself in my mind? How am I moving through my day? How much space am I giving myself? How much quiet and calm am I experiencing? These are questions that I never thought about before, practicing this pondering and sitting and asking, like we, you know, we learn later in the later steps, you know, how to have that discipline of sitting and prayer meditation, and then that moment to moment in the 10th step. So the next paragraph is, you know, the question of the whole paragraph is, how am I relating to myself today? How am I relating to myself today? Um, the next piece is, you know, harm. Sometimes I've had women I work with, and I was one of these too. Like, I feel like what I did was just so bad, right? And I go in completely with no perspective. I'm just a piece of dirt. And so a really important question that my sponsor asked me and that I asked the women I sponsor is when they, especially if there's a lot of story in the, in the eighth step, when they're writing their men's script or what they think they're going to, to say or how they think they harmed someone, a lot of times the question how did you harm them? What did you do to them? Well, I thought, blah, 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 blah. No, but what did you do? What did you physically do? What did you say? How did you relate? How did you move through? Well, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. Well, how did you move through that experience? Well, I slammed the door or I just rolled my eyes or, you know, what what did I do? And it tells us we might next ask ourselves, what do we mean when we say harmed? And it goes in, uh, what kinds of harm do people do one another anyway? And then it defines the word harm in a very practical way. We might call it the result of instincts and collision, which cause physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual damage to people. And then it goes on and it just gives us a bunch of examples on how we can help 
this helps us to find our defects on page 81. You know, it, it's telling us there's one example, like suppose in the family that we happen to be miserly or irresponsible or callous or cold. Suppose that we are irritable, critical, impatient, or humorless. Suppose we lavish attention upon one family member and neglect others. So it gives us a, a whole bunch of examples. What about trying to dominate people? And then after we've carefully surveyed the whole area of human relations, right? And we're doing this each day um, and having decided exactly what personality traits in us injured and disturbed others, that's where we find the character defect. So it's, I was blank. That's my personality defect, my personality trait that was going to one extreme or the other and caused harm. And then again, it tells us that we should, of course, ponder and weigh each instance carefully. So again, it's saying, okay, now that you think you know how you harm somebody, you think you know what your defect is, ponder that, bring that to God, ask God to show you, guide you, direct you. And then on the last page, on page 82, it reminds us and it gives us the warning of making sure we don't, we must not exaggerate our defects. And that's where a sponsor comes in. Like every script that I wrote in my eighth step, for each person, I had one script. Some people use index cards. I just had a script. I had it on a computer printout. And when I was ready to make that amends, um, I went over it with my sponsor. I gave every script to my sponsor when we usually did like one to three at a time, if it came to me in meditation, like this is somebody that needs to, I'm feeling that I need to do it. I, I brought it, but ultimately the bottom line is I have to know if it's for me or not. Like my sponsor's job is not to tell me if I should or shouldn't make the amends. When I wanted to make the amends to my biological father my sponsor's response was, is he here in New York? And he wasn't. I lived in New York. He lived in Michigan or maybe Arizona at the time. I don't remember where, but not in New York. And she said, why don't you focus on the people that are here, right here? Sounded like a reasonable suggestion, right? Focus on the people that are here. That sounds practical, but that's not what was coming from inside me. What was coming from inside me was to make amends to my dad. And, you know, for whatever reason, I, I never got to make a face-to-face -face amends to my dad. And next week, we'll talk about what happens when we can't fully right or wrong. My dad ended up dropping dead before I could make an amends to him. But years later... Our relationship was repaired through various steps and God led the way. God showed me and I began to listen. Not here. I pointed here, but what I meant, <laughs> I started to listen, right? To the gut, the heart, and not the head and the outside voices. And so there's a real delicate balance. This is a contemplative step. It's all about preparation, preparation, going to God asking God, coming to a sponsor. And beautifully, I have a beautiful sponsor today where 
I try. I, I still every now and then I'll try to get her to tell me what 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 to do. Here's what's coming, Gwen. What do you think? Well, honey, I can't tell you what to do, but here's my experience. <laughs> and I just I'm so grateful for that. You know, the the humility to know that I have no idea what you should do. None, none, none. All I can say is this is my experience with this step. Um, over the years, of course, it changed. I got more willing over time to sit and to go back to God. In the beginning, it was like my when my sponsor, I remember Peggy would be like, well, go back to God. What that meant for me back then was I did walking meditation in New York because I couldn't sit still. And so I had a mantra that I would say, and the mantra would change. It was just um, a, a, a phrase that would make me feel comfort. It was something that would help me drop from my head to my heart. You know, if that's how I think about a mantra. And so for me, it was God is my source. And I would just walk around and repeat that mantra. I wouldn't necessarily think, you know, God knew I needed to make an amends. I I didn't, ha I, all I had to do was not try to figure it out, right? So by repeating the mantra and going back to the mantra, couple hours later, the next day, like I said earlier, something pops into my mind. Oh, I had this thought and would bring it to Peggy and she would, oh, that sounds sane or, okay, great. Well, try that. And, and then I would try that and so on and so forth. So um, the eighth step, that's what I got on the eighth step. Now, let me just make sure I didn't miss anything because Kate and I got together. And of course, I had all these beautiful notes that I never look at when I'm actually speaking. <laughs> Um, I think I covered it all. So what we'll do now is we will go into our meditation time and I don't have a specific meditation today. So what we could do, actually, let's do that. Let's do the last prayer, which is right at the end on page 83, I think it was 83, yes. Okay, so we ask our creator to show us the way. I love that, show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And so you can use that mantra or you can use anyone you would like. And you can always meditate with your eyes slightly closed, open, or all the way closed, whatever is comfortable for you. I'll go ahead and set a timer. And then at the end of five minutes, we'll open up for sharing. Okay, five minutes. All right. Have a great meditation, everyone.